Chaplin. <laughs> Welcome to the market. Hi. Go ahead and park it. Hope that you are starving. Debbie Roots Deep got me thinking it's a parsnip. Every week I get knowledge to go. A year before everyone, how did they know? Figuring how they go college to pros. I pop it on listen and now I'm the pro. I'm still trying to grow. And they do the same. Hundreds of teams, too many to name. And yet they are filtering everything. Only the best, Shane Hallaman Kane. Marketplace, marketplace. Debbie is everything, marketplace. Finding the talent is art, I'd say. I leave it to them while I carve my name. Market Marketplace, marketplace, Debbie is everything marketplace. Finding the talent is art, I'd say. I leave it to them while I carve my name. Hey! Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Debbie Marketplace Podcast. Kane Chain and Nelly back with you again. And today we're going to talk about something fun. We're looking specifically at the 2023 class. We're going to talk about running backs. We're going to have Shane predict draft capital. We're going to have Nelly do nerd stuff. Uh, I don't know what I'm doing here, but. I'm going to support people and help them. Um, let, let's talk 2023. Let's talk about these running backs. Like I, Shane, I know we talked about this on, on kind of the other podcast that we do that, right. Number one running back. And I believe should be the one-on-one in all rookie mock drafts. That's Bijan Robinson. And we've talked for a long time almost for the better part of a year, how you need to get your roster construction up to snuff. So if you have that one-on-one, you can add Bijan Robinson and you're ready to run, right? And you're ready to score points. But I think just in this Bijan Robinson conversation, there's some some places where like Bijan Robinson doesn't actually make the most sense for your team construction right now, right? Maybe you weren't, you had someone else's pick. They ended up, like said screw it and started tanking um for some other 23 picks you never traded them the first back something like that right um so you are with you have the 101 like what are you what are you doing it let's say that your your team's not a running back away from from competing is like do you think you're going to gain more value from the 101 by drafting Bijan Robinson and then trading him when the name is attached? Or do you think the one-on-one has more value because of the openness of that pick? I, I think people know who it's going to be. I think it's one of those rare circumstances where there's not much difference in value. Cause we talk all the time. Once, once a player's name is attached to the pick, you know, the, the, that becomes now, now we're focused on the player Whereas the pick gives open possibilities for what people like. I think everyone knows who the one-on-one is going to be and they're trading for Bijan either way. So I think if you're planning on moving that pick, um, I, I shop the pick so that way you can move down. That way you can put yourself in a position for some of these other rookies. If you want to rather than wait till the draft's over. And now you're trying to barter for players. I think becomes more difficult. I wouldn't trade it though. <laughs> I, I draft them and I'd at least ride them for a little bit. But I think there right now, are there some spots where like you'd potentially be like, oh, maybe I should move him for like a better quarterback? Yeah, actually, I think that's the only situation where I would move the 101 is if I have a team that's not ready yet. And uh, likely if your team's not ready, that means that you don't have the requisite quarterback play that you need. And so uh, that 
elite quarterbacks are the only position that I think are more important to success than an elite running back. Um, so if I can move the 101 for we we just talked about in the second pod, the second tier of of the dynasty quarterbacks, Jalen Hurts, Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson, uh, Joe Burrow. If I can move it one for one for one of those, I'll do that in an instant. Um, I think there's a conversation to be made about the third tier. Um, uh, you maybe f- add a little bit of value, get Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, Kyler Murray. Um, but yeah, that's the only situation that I'm moving him to. And like, it's Bijan, right? Like you kind of just want to hold on to him and ride with him. Like <laughs> it's like the Prince that's been promised for so long. It's like, it's going to be hard to actually trade that pick away. Like I, if it was offered to me where I could get Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase, like I'd probably rather have them on my team just for like longevity's perspective, right? Like I'd much rather have Justin Jefferson than Bijan Robinson, but like I don't think they're going to be too far far apart in value in four months, right? I think they're going to be a lot closer in value than anyone would want to want to say. And, running backs don't always hold their value over a few years, right? Look at what Jonathan Taylor is valued now versus where he was at the beginning of this season or even the middle of last season, right? Um, But I think there is is definitely a case where, like, if I could move Bijan Robinson for one of these really good quarterbacks, I, I would do that too. Like, if you need a quarterback, do it. Like, because you've now taken out all the inherent risk of not only like a running back but a running back that could lose its value right this is peak value of Bijan he's the RB1 right now in all of Dynasty which is wild he hasn't even played a snap he hasn't even been drafted like he just declared for the NFL draft he's already the RB1 yeah, I mean, I'm offering Jonathan Taylor anywhere I have him for the 101 uh, when I can is that ever going to be accepted? I I think there are people, you know, maybe that have heard of Bichon, know he's a really good prospect, know it's a good class, but may not know the level, right? Like that's tempting, especially if they traded for the pick and have a decent team. I think it's very tempting. Would you trade Jonathan Taylor just out of curiosity for the 102 or the 103? No. Okay. I, I'd, I'd need more. I think it's relatively close for me. But also, I want to get out of that inherent risk, where he's yeah. only just going to lose value. Um, let's let's move on to the rest of this running back class, Shane. Um, second guy, Jameer Gibbs, right, running back out of Alabama, was at Georgia Tech, transferred to Alabama. Clear that he could be potentially be the best pass catching running back in this draft class, right? Uh, <laughs> wouldn't argue anyone with anyone if they said that he was the best running back or best pass catching running back in this draft class. Obviously that means more. We know that a target is 2.7 times better for your fantasy football team than, uh, than a carry. Right. Nelly. Did I just make that number up? I think just it's pulling stats out of, out of midair. <laughs> I, th- I think that's, ac- I think it's actually close to accurate. It's, um, I mean, you get the point for the reception and then yards for reception is going to be higher. So you're the concept is, is right. I think someone did. I think someone did some math that says mm-hmm. that. I think it's either two point seven or two point three times. Um, but either way, Jameer Gibbs, 
he's probably going what Shane top fifty. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I, th- I think top fifty. Nothing's a lock at this point, but I think if he comes in one ninety five or, or heavier, I think top fifty is fairly locked in. I think first round. I'd say 50-50 chance that he goes in the first round at this point and is trending towards, yes, you know, that he's going to be a first-round pick. So that really puts him on another level for us when you have another first-round drafted running back. I think it makes him a clear 102 in this class above, you know, running back-wise, and I think definitely above all the receivers to me. Yeah. Nelly, how are you feeling, Jameer Gibbs? He – locked and loaded top four pick right now in rookie drafts for you? Um, I wouldn't say locked and loaded. I mean, if he comes in super light, that's worrying. Um, if the draft capital doesn't happen like we expected to, that's a little bit worrying. But I think he's more likely than not a top four pick for, the, for me at this point. Or like, I don't know, if a wide receiver goes in like the top five picks, like if a wide receiver goes super early, they could rise up above him for me just because I think he's capped because he's he's never going to be a full workhorse guy because of his size. Um, but I think he's safe because we know that he's an a, a extremely talented receiver. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I think he's just going to be a solid player. With If we're, you know, looking at Shane's, uh, mock draft, right? What does that have him in? What round one or round two, Shane? I, yeah, I have him the last pick around one to the Eagles. That'd be exciting. I think it'd be a good spot. I think it'd be a good fit. You know, but I think you know the end of the first. There's a lot of teams that could take him. A, a Chiefs and Eagles. He goes to a good team like that. I think people get excited. Oh, I know we didn't talk about draft capital for Bijan Robinson, but like first round pick, top fifteen. Yeah, I think top fifteen's likely. Um, I think top ten is possible. I think top five could happen. I think it's a long shot, but I think there's a chance still he goes top five in the draft. Oof! What a bad pick. Where's Dave Gettleman when you need him? Yeah, right. I, I, I just, I, I'm kind of, I, I don't know if we have those GMs anymore. So I, think I think Dave's coming around again. <laughs> which Bring which front back. office that has a top pick isn't shambles? Houston. Dave can come in. Bring him back to Houston. Oh, uh, 101, Bijan. <laughs> uh, but, you know, after that first kind of, two running backs i think that's when things really open up for for this running back class and uh just for purposes of the way that we're talking we're just going to go through shane's mock and you know whatever they're listed there um you can always find his mocks at draftcountdown.com. so make sure you check that out um third running back off the board uh at pick 37 to the arizona cardinals realize that all these numbers are going to seem weird because uh the uh, Dolphins don't have a first round pick. So like pick 32, like the player 32 off the board is actually the first pick in the second round. Um, and that's going to mess with all of our brains for quite a while. Yeah, it's back uh, to the Drew Brees days where he was pick 32 in the second round. Yeah. Um, so at pick 37, uh, Arizona Cardinals, Devin a chain. Um, 
I like Devin Achane. I think it's probably going to be the fastest player, fastest running back in this combine. Like, I think we're talking sub four three. Uh, obviously, there's going to be some concerns about the weight of Devin Achane, right? Um, if he comes in like that 195 pounds like he was when he's running track, like that's going to be worrisome to some people. But if he hits over 200 pounds, I think it's wheels up on a guy like his chain, right, Shane? Yeah, I mean, I, I think Nelly can talk more about the weight and, and how that kind of plays into it. But if you have a guy that's in the 4-2 range, that's a, a, at least approaching that 200 mark, then you feel good. What I feel good about with Devin Chain is he carried the load at Texas A&M this year. He was their lead back. I mean, he no no doubt about it. There wasn't any kind of split. This wasn't a, a, a gimmick back. You know, I think that's what makes me more confident for Jameer Gibbs for Devin Achain as fantasy contributors in the NFL. I think Achain is going to get underdrafted in rookie drafts. The people are going to be scared away by the size. I think that provides a value opportunity to get a guy with elite speed, pass catching ability, success, multiple years. I mean, I, I think he checks a lot of the boxes, and that's why I think he's going to be a top 50 pick in the NFL draft and probably the RB3 off the board. Yeah, I don't think I don't think he's going to be the RB3 in fantasy. I do think Shane's right with this mock. It seems as though, and this might be going a little bit under the radar, but especially with how he's going to run, and I think he's the most likely back to go as the third back off the board. Um, I, you know, like there's not much that he's not the level of receiver that Jameer Gibbs is, but um, he might be. You are be- yeah, right, right. Like that's not a knock on Devin Chain. It's right. just Gibbs is very good at that. But um, he might be a better like in between the tackles runner. Like I guess if you're high on Jameer Gibbs and you're willing to overlook the size there, like you, sh- it's hard not to be high on on Devin Chain. Because profile-wise, the, the red flag is the same. It's just the size. I, I think it's going to be interesting where you can, if you tanked for the 101, you could have the 201 to take Devin Chain and Bijan Robinson, get the first and third running backs off the board in the, in the NFL draft. I, I think that's a decent possibility. I like that a lot. Like, that seems like a very good start to your fantasy team. Um. If we move down the uh, running back list here, uh, unless I, I missed one, Shane, it looks like you have the next running back, Zach Charbonnet, the running back going to uh, Miami Dolphins. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of kind of questions about will Zach Charbonnet actually get second round draft capital, right? Before you running back, like how do you, what are your reasons here for having Charbonnet as, as a round two guy? And and I'll say this, and we're we have a lot of running backs that are jumbled up. You know, I think if you take the guys in my second, third, and early fourth, they're they can go any order within that range. So I, I think after the top three, I think it's really jumbled up. I think what Charbonnet is going to bring to the table for NFL team is you have multiple two years now of elite production at UCLA. A guy that's two hundred twenty pounds is going to run in the four fours. I mean, he, he's. He's been a top athlete since high school. Um, he's coming from a system that translates now to a lot of these NFL teams, the Chip Kelly system, and, so, and some of the zone reads that he that he had to make. Um, I, I just think, in terms of a workhorse running back, he really fits the bill 
um, for a team like Miami, who's going to use that, you know, that Shanahan zone scheme. Um, so just kind of the order, I think, is what got him here at four, but he could easily be the eighth running back off the board. It uh, could happen. Nelly, how do you feel about Charbonnet? When we're looking at kind of analytics, is he a guy that checks boxes for you? Does he leave some open? What are the thoughts here? Yeah, I mean, he checks a lot of boxes. A lot of these guys in this class do. It's why it's so exciting, right? Like, he's he's massive, as Shane talked about, and he's a very good athlete. Like, that's a, that's a great combo um, in terms of providing ceiling. He also, at his size, he catches the ball well. He's done it for two years now at UCLA. Um, he, he had he's had plenty of catches um, and meets all like those, those requisite kind of thresholds that people like to throw out for receiving. So he has that upside. Um, He seems a little bit one dimensional as not one dimensional as a back, but he's like, he's a bruiser, right? He's not, he's not much of a lateral mover, but like if a team is going to draft him in the second round, they're going to use him. Um, So like him to Miami is super exciting. Um, If he fits in a, if he, goes to a scheme like that if he if he gets a big workload like that's wheels up for him yeah i i think uh like there's a few running backs that all have much different play styles that are going to be drafted in this second third even early fourth round right that um it's really going to come down to team fit and the way that people want their running backs to play right whether they're looking for kind of a faster guy whether they're looking for a bruiser a receiving back things like that and i I think we're going to see that a lot. And I think as the NFL is also shifting towards a lot of two back sets, right? Guys that have multiple skill sets working in the same offense. I think you're going to see kind of more of those guys that have a specific skill set get drafted a little bit higher. Um, Next two guys, just let me know if you prefer one over the other, Shane. Um, Zach Evans, you have in this mock going to uh, Carolina and then Sean Tucker going to the Chiefs. Like, those two guys, how do you feel about them? Do you think that uh, we're going to have very, very similar uh, draft capital for these two guys? I, I do, I, and I think I think these are the two that I worry about draft capital a little bit where I feel like I might be a tad higher right now than the NFL is. Like I, I, Zach Evans and Sean Tucker, you know, Evans from Mississippi, Tucker from Syracuse, I think the Debbie community have been high on both of them for a while and this year especially I think Tucker early in the season looked to work out he kind of puttered out Evans basically was the number two to a true freshman they split carries um you know I think the NFL is going to be skeptical of of both these players I do think Tucker will work out well um which should be helpful but I think we might you know it's late two to late three feels like a, a good spot for that I like Evans a little bit more um, just as an all-around back, I think he's a little bit better, like what I saw at TCU. Um, I think Sir, I think Sean Tucker's you know, probably the better pass catcher of the, of the two. It wouldn't surprise me if they ended up, you know, instead of being RB4 and 5, they ended up being RB9 and 10. Um, so I, I think they are two Debbie assets you have to be a little weary of right now and see how the offseason goes. Nelly, if you had to choose one that you'd rather have uh, right we don't know landing spot. We don't know any of that. But are you wanting Zach Evans or Sean Tucker on your fantasy football team right now? Oh, for me, it's definitely Zach Evans. I'm not as worried about him as Shane is, although I am more worried than I was before Shane started talking about the draft capital potential concerns with him. 
um, because I get it. But I think he's the sort of guy, right? Like I don't, I think he is the second highest ceiling in this class behind Bijan. Um, cause he has that size that Gibbs doesn't have. He was a former five-star recruit. Right. And I do think that goes a long way with draft capital. Like that pedigree kind of stays with you until you prove that you don't deserve it. And he's kind of teetered on the, I mean, when he's played in college, he's been good. He's just, he's missed some time due to injury the past couple of years. Um, so if he like Zach Evans is the type of guy where if he goes in the second round, um, I'll I'll take him like as the running back three off the board in rookie drafts. But if he's draft if 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 his draft capital falls like it might, then I'll I'll back off him a little bit because the NFL is clearly not that high on him. Sean Tucker he's similar well. He's different in the sense that he's kind of fighting against the low pedigree he came in with, so he has to kind of earn that right. Um, and so I'm just more concerned with draft capital from him, especially coming from Syracuse. But I mean, production profile for him, it doesn't get much better in this class, right? Like he uber productive at Syracuse. Uh, so let's let's move into the third round of this mock draft, and uh, we were talking before about you know. Which running back do you think you're going to get a lot of in that in this second round of rookie drafts? I don't think there's a guy that I'll probably end up with more shares of than Chase Brown, the running back at Illinois. Now, you have him going to the Denver Broncos, which I would absolutely hate that landing spot uh, for Chase Brown. But I think Chase Brown, as as a running back, is going gonna, is gonna to give you about as, as uh, Iron Man-ish of a running back because you can really get right the amount of carries that he had at Illinois with really no concerns of, um, you know, not being able to catch the ball, not being able to see holes in the offense. Like he was as solid of a player as, as it came right. And was willing to tote the rock 30, 40 times a game uh, for Illinois. Like, is, is there, is there a chance that like he just comes in and, you know, Look, I I think there's a chance that he steps in right away and is super productive. Because not only everything you said, Kane, that he he was he he led the NCAA in in carries, I believe. Mostly when that happens, you're looking at a guy like in Minnesota, like Muhammad Ibrahim, slower but tougher. This kind of a run first offense. I mean, Chase Brown was on Bruce Feldman's freak list. Like this is the guy that's super athletic, that's going to test off the charts and just dominated the Big Ten. Um, you know, he was my vote for the Doak Walker. He didn't win, but I think he should have won because he carried that team to a bowl game um, along with the defense. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think the question of him, and, and this is a question that we argue in the fantasy community all the time, right? Is that too much tread on the tires? He's had a long career, and now he's he's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of carries and hits in. I think that's going to be a question for NFL teams. Like, do you take um, some of these three-year guys that, uh, you know, I think that's going to be a question. I, it makes me want to kick it to Nelly because I think analytically – I'm interested in Chase Brown because I think because uh, I don't know where he stands there, and I think that could be maybe a factor that hurts him. Um, from my understanding, I haven't looked into it myself, but I think Dave Wilsley has on Twitter. He, he's he does a really good job with running backs. Um, that's kind of all noise. Like that's a if a if a player in college 
um, shows an ability to, to carry the rock like that to that extent, that's like a positive sign that they're going to be able to continue to do it at the NFL. It's not necessarily the NFL might care about it in terms of tread on your tires, but it hasn't mathematically shown to be an issue. I think, and I think Chase Brown is that guy who, like, I think he's going to be the guy that is kind of a surprise earlier NFL pick than than expected in this class because he's a name that hasn't really been on the Devi radar for super long, um, but he, he blew up this year. Like you said, he's going to test super well. His on field miles per hour is 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 one of the fastest in the class, and so, um, I mean, that production, that athleticism, I mean. There's a lot to love there too. Yeah, and definitely going to be over 200. He's listed 205. I think he keeps around there. It's it, it's a pretty good profile, and that's why you know Kane likes him so much, rightfully so. And catches the ball too. Yeah. So the next guy in my mock at uh, 71, I have going to the Raiders is Tank Bigsby, running back of Auburn, who. I don't know. I think he's an interesting conversation because um, I, I was super high on him after his freshman season, even last year when when had some carries, you know, going to Jaquez Hunter and whatever. Like Auburn's been a, a mess of a situation. Tank's been kind of the guy. He's coming out. He declared year three. I, I don't know how athletic he's going to test. I think that could be a problem. I would say it's more likely he goes in round four than round two. I think round three is a nice middle ground and still very possible. Um, but if there was a running back in this class that I'm most worried about draft capital wise, I think it's Tank Bigsby. Uh, and, and that doesn't feel good because I do have some shares that I want, you know, want, want him to be good. I think he'll still be a good NFL player. But um, compared to this like super athletic class of running backs, I, I think Tank Bigsby is a question. He's fallen down to my RB10 in the class in my rankings. And I don't know if he recovers from that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it, you're, you're right. It's like not even his fault. It's just like this class is so athletic. It's like, there's so many shiny toys of like guys who will like hit home runs and tanks big tank big to be, isn't a bad athlete. He's just not an elite athlete for a running back. Like he's, I don't think he's Isaiah Spiller. You know what I mean? Like, I think he'll, I think he'll be average. It's just a lot of these guys aren't. And it's kind of a shame, right? Cause his, production profile is great and he did it right away as a freshman at Auburn I mean, he he was good last year when he was healthy he was good this year um I think he's one of the better running backs but I don't know if he's going to get drafted that way and and I think ultimately that's going to matter a ton right like Jeff Capital is king you know I even wonder if we end up with a Damian Pierce situation now Pierce wasn't utilized at Florida right? Tank Bigsby obviously was at Auburn, but if we have an early round four back where I, I think early round four is getting to a point where fantasy wise, we can use them. We can be a little hesitant for dynasty for like the future future, but you know, Tank Bigsby, oh, he drops cause he didn't work out as well as everyone else, but it's still decent. And he gets into a situation where he could win a job. I think he can win a job. I agree with you. I agree with you. Um, but if he doesn't get the draft capital, I do think it's not a sure thing like it would be if he was a second or third round guy. And I think what we could see is we could see not to comp him 
to him as a player, but Isaiah Spiller was a guy who we were high on all throughout his college career. He got worse draft capital than expected. Um, and people still kind of hung on to those priors. So even though he was a, a fourth round pick, right, he got drafted. He got drafted earlier than he probably should have been in rookie drafts. And so I guess I worry that like, let's say Tank Bigsby goes, gets drafted in the early fourth round. Like I think people will still be drafting him amongst these second and third round running backs based on those priors. Uh, and so that might be one of those situations where he just, he's overpriced because of that. I still like Tank Bigsby. Like, <laughs> right. I, Cause I think you're getting a guy that like, if he ends up, getting like 20 some touches in an NFL game like I think those last few touches are going to be really good right like he is a bruising running back but not as big as we might want him to be because he's not like that Derrick Henry-esque like AJ Dillon 230 240 pounds right like we're not getting that Uh, but what, what we are getting in like this 210 pound frame is like a guy that is going to people over it's like Isaiah Pacheco but a little bit bigger right in his running style uh, so I think there's a chance that that uh, Tank Bigsby still still excites some people um, but it has to be in a power offense not in his own style offense I think if he goes to his own style offense he can basically write that off um, a couple more running backs that we need to talk talk about here it's Blake Corum running back in Michigan obviously coming off that knee injury uh, how are we feeling? Like, do you still, does he enter the draft? How do we feel? I, I don't know. Like I, I kind of tossed in here at the end of the third, kind of the running backs. So I'm like, you know, I don't know if they're going to declare, like, I don't know if Blake Corum is going to declare. I also tossed in Kendra Miller, the running back from TCU at 89 to the Ravens. Like, I don't know if he's going to declare. We'll see after the playoff games. Um, but I do think, Corum Heisman contending season before the knee injury. I do think teams will like him enough. If you're not going to get testing out of it. And I think that's the question. Can he test if he can? I think it'll be decent. Um, And some teams going to overdraft like Corum. I I don't know. Maybe you guys like him more than I do. I think he's a good player. I just don't know if he's a great like bell cow workhorse NFL player. And but I think someone's going to like the production this year. Yeah, I think he's like he's small, but he's also like not athletic enough to kind of write that off. I don't know. Like he's not Devin Achane. He's not Jameer Gibbs where he's going to come in small, but they're going to be super athletic. Um, so I think that's that's a concern with him. Um, and I don't I don't know if we're going to get testing out of him. I don't. I, I don't think he's going to declare, to be honest, but I guess we'll see with that. Yeah, the other other one that you talked about there, Shane, was was Kendra Miller. And if he doesn't return to school, I've some part of me believes that wherever he goes, it's going to be like a Tony Pollard, Zeke situation, right? Like where Kendra Miller is going to be this Tony Pollard that like we just want him to be able to like be a starting running back, but like it never happens. And, like, we can see on a few touches that clearly he's super, super talented, but, like, we never get, like, him being that main person in an offense. And that scares me. And also he might not enter the draft, but. Yeah, I mean, Kedre Miller's a a Nelly guy, so I can let Nelly. Yeah. He's He's only a Nelly guy because he helped him 
go further in wow. CFF league. He's playing for the second best team in the country. <laughs> Michigan He's scoring in every game. Um, no, I mean, like, it's just like his production profile is great. He catches the ball. He's super uh, explosive. His high level of efficiency. I mean, we just talked about Zach Evans. Him and Zach Evans basically split the backfield and um, had very similar efficiency levels against similar defensive fronts. So, like, if you think Zach Evans is good, like, Kendra Miller by association is also similarly good i don't know like he's just he was another he's similar to sean tucker where he just like he's not given the benefit of the doubt because he's he came in as a low recruit he's like a low three-star athlete so he's constantly kind of fighting against that perception um so that might be a reason why he has he has to go back to school um to kind of do it again but his year this year has been as good as almost any other back in the country and then we have you know other running backs that that you know could possibly get in the third round, but I have a lot more question marks, right? Uh, guys like Roshan Johnson at Texas, uh, Dwayne McBride from UAB, Kenny McIntosh at Georgia, um, Mayan Williams, Ohio State, Tajay Spears at Tulane, Israel Abanaconda at Pittsburgh. Like, all those guys, like, sure, you could pe- potentially see them, like, late day two. Um, but if you had to pick one out of those guys, Shane, who would you rather have on your fantasy football team? <laughs> It's funny because I think who I'd rather have is not who will get drafted the highest. Um, like I, 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 I feel like Nelly might agree. I'd, I'd rather have Izzy Abanaconda from Pitt um, out of that group. I just think in athletically production this year, and he's done it for multiple years too. He kind of lost the job going into this year and just ran away with it after running him and got hurt. I think he has the size, speed, athleticism. I do think Dwayne McBride probably gets drafted the highest um, just based on the production profile. I think he's going to have good quickness, but he's more between the tackles runner, just not as dynamic. Similar size though. I I think I'd take a Banaconda myself. Yeah, I definitely take a Banaconda. A Banaconda has been, he's, he's been a good receiver in college. Not great, but he's been sufficient. Um, He has a kick return for a touchdown, which is like, that's a pretty good indicator that a player is a, that a, a player is a playmaker. Like that's, that's a sign of um, explosiveness. And he's backed that up with sprint times. Dwayne McBride's a stud, but he, he's caught like two, two passes, like his whole career. I think he has four catches two each of the past two years. So that's a pretty big hang up. The whole list of names. I mean, like I like Kenny McIntosh too. I like Roshan Johnson as well. Like this whole list of names are like good backs, which is crazy. Like, that's why this class is so exciting. It's because it's so deep here. Like all these guys can be relevant names in the future. All these guys would have been like top five backs this past in, in the 2022 class. So um, out of the list, like Izzy Abanacanda, um, but also just give me whoever gets drafted earliest as well. Which I think that's Kenny McIntosh personally. Like, I think it's hard. Like, I think Roshan Johnson has the chance to be super exciting at the Senior Bowl. Like, I think, Shane, you and I talked about this on the last episode, that there's a chance that Roshan Johnson could be the best running back at the Senior Bowl. Yeah, maybe maybe pretty uh, him and Chase Brown, I think it's going to be close. Yeah, and, like, I think, I think both are just going to absolutely destroy the Senior Bowl and is the reason why that'll push up their value in rookie drafts, regardless of what happens in the NFL draft, right? It'll just push them just, just a little bit because people can post Twitter clips about, 
about them winning one-on-one coverage against a linebacker that isn't a coverage linebacker. But that's what they'll show, right? Like, they'll show all those things. Um, And so will I. Uh, You know, Um, but I think McIntosh is that guy for me, right? I think he gets drafted the highest. I think he can catch really well. It's clear that, like, he's very good at football if he's the lead running back at Georgia and they're having this much success. Um, Obviously, he's behind an elite offensive line, but, like, he's still a really, really good athlete. I think he can catch the ball well. I think you're probably going to get, what, chain high four fours? out of Kenny McIntosh. Like, I think you're still going to get a really, really exciting, exciting time. And if, you know, if James Cook with that production profile can get day two capital, then so can Kenny McIntosh in my mind. Yeah. I mean, it's a good, it's a good group. Cause yeah, I mean, Rashawn Johnson could, yeah, he, he could be around three pick. So I, I think this is why we push this draft class and why the people that are like, Oh, 2023 is not so good. This is why it's good. We have 15 running backs that are probably better than ev- almost every RB2, uh, 75% of RB2s in the NFL, you know, on their teams, right? So that's why this is a class to invest in. Second, third round your rookie drafts, just draft a bunch of running backs, throw a bunch of darts. You're going to hit on some. Like, stop throwing darts on quarterbacks that are drafted in, like, the fourth, fifth, sixth round of the NFL draft. Like, don't do that. Why are you doing it? Stop it. But I suppose some people were drafting Carson Strong. So what can you do, honestly? <laughs> uh, but uh, any other further guys you either want to touch on real quick, other than Muhammad Ibrahim, we can do that any day of the week. Uh, but any other guys you want to touch on or just kind of thoughts on this whole class, either of you? No, I, I think we hit it pretty good. I think that's a, a pretty good group. I mean, I think we will have a early day three tier of those senior bowl guys, Eric Gray from Oklahoma, Chris Rodriguez from Kentucky, Cameron Peoples from App State, and maybe tossing underclassmen, I guess the four-year player, Evan Hall from Northwestern. I think we'll have a decent group of kind of backup running backs that could be rosterable if injuries happen as well. Yeah, this this class is like, it could be 2017 all over. We could see a lot of guys in this class have a long lasting impact. Yep. And second, third round, it's going to be mostly running backs for me in the, in this class. No doubt about that. But Shane, I think you need to teach us something. I do that. This is, this was a request from Zach and our discord. So join our discord. You can give me history tidbits and I can, uh, research them and then talk about them on the podcast. Um, this is from World War II uh, about a guy named Gene Flukey, who was commanded submarines in World War II and in, in the Pacific against the Japanese. And he was known for like doing whatever it took to win. At one point he ran out of torpedoes and he just started ramming a ship with his submarine um, just to try to win. Right. And so one day uh, he saw a, a train, a Japanese train that was taking supplies to an Island, uh, north of Japan, and he basically you know, talked to his crew and got a guy who had rigged up explosives before. Said, "Hey, we should, you know, we should rig up explosives onto these train tracks and blow up this train." Um, and so they came up with kind of firm requirements for the crew that would be on this mission. Um, so they had to be unmarried, have a mix of different experiences. And at least half had to be Boy Scouts because Fluky was a Boy Scout and Boy Scouts are going to know what to do under pressure. Uh, so they only had eight guys that matched this. 
And they ended up, you know, rigging these railroad ties with explosives and became the first submarine unit to ever sink a freight train uh, in, in world history. And they did it and, uh, you know, made it happen. That's just cool as shit. Like, <laughs> I like that. Like, That's like a mission that would be in, like, Call of Duty. <laughs> yeah, you know right. I mean? Absolutely. Video game mission right there. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so, hey, Activision. Hit us up. We have ideas. Um, but let's let's get into these buys and sells. And I want to go first because I don't want anyone to steal my buy. Um, Nelly was so interested, he even just decided to give me a sneeze in celebration for my buy here. Um, my buy is Troy Franklin, wide receiver at Oregon. I know each of you guys were probably thinking it, uh, so I'm going to go ahead and get out in front of that one. Thoughts, Nelly? Yeah, that was my buy. I'm, yeah. I'm scrambling now. <laughs> yeah. Um, we we can share here. I'll give my analysis, and you give yours if you want. Like, I think there's a realistic possibility where Troy Franklin is what wide receiver three in the 24 class, like back end first round pick. Like, but he's valued as like very much not that. Like his value is is much lower, especially if you're in Devi compared to compared to right C2C. Right? C2C he had some value because he was he was doing really well. Um but Troy Franklin, I think he is a name that uh that you really have to keep in mind because he's just very, very good at football. Um my cell. Um I I'm gonna sound like a uh, broken record here. Um, but I really like selling tight ends in the NFL, right? That's my thing. Um, and this week it's Dalton Schultz. Like, I'm not sure that like there's longevity for Dalton Schultz. And I'm curious to see what you guys think. Like in non-tight end premium in Superflex, I'm fine getting a second for Dalton Schultz. Like, cause I would rather get something for him over his next couple games when people might need him for the playoffs than, then try for for more value because I don't think he's realistically going to resign. Um, so I I don't know what's going to happen with him, but I would rather just sell him and and just be done with it and get just get out of um, that whole kind of value confusion. Um, my unknown stock uh, is probably one of Nelly's favorite players, uh, especially in the NFL. Nelly, he's a wide receiver, plays for Arizona. Uh, it's Marquise Brown. And the reason why he's an unknown stock for me is, is like, how much longer is DeAndre Hopkins going to be on that team? Like, let's, let's say that DeAndre Hopkins, for whatever reason, like, isn't on Arizona next year. Like, does does that mean that Marquise Brown is going to get that much more work? Like, at what point does that offense change? At what point do they get more weapons? At what point do all these things happen? Like, will Marquise Brown continue to be like the shining light through all that? Like, I feel like a lot of things have to happen for him to be a consistent weapon. And most of that starts with Kyler Murray being healthy. Um, so I, I, I don't know what to do uh, with him. I'm, I'm just confused. Now, what you, you want to go? Can you get your Troy Franklin uh, take here? Um. Do you have yours? I'm still scrambling for a buy. <laughs> it's fine. That's, that's, you, no, can just you, can, you can just use Troy Franklin. Franklin. I, 
I want to hear yours as well. Your okay. Analysis. Yeah. I mean, like, I think the big thing for Troy Franklin for me is the fact that Bo Nix is coming back. And and those yeah. two showed showed a ton of chemistry together. I agree with Kane. I think he can be the wide receiver three in the class. Um, I mean, if, if Worthy continues to have, uh, like, continues to struggle compared to his freshman year or if. Uh, continues like, to be unworthy? Yeah, sure. We'll go with that one for sure. Um, or Igbuka just maybe takes a step back to Marvin Harrison. I think Troy Franklin has the ceiling there. Like, I think he's closer to three than he is to, than he is to five. Um, so I, I just love that Bo Nix is coming back for him. Um, my my cell is, um, is probably the wide receiver five in that class. It's Mario Williams, wide receiver at USC. Um, they just brought in Dorian Singer through the transfer portal. They have so many talented wide receivers there. Uh, I think there's an expectation that he takes a step forward next year. I think it's a realistic possibility. I don't think it's a guarantee, and and that's the issue here. I just think at his cost right now, I think I, I think I'd rather take on a little bit less risk um, and just and move on from him, pivot off him. Like I don't know, there's a chance you could do Mario Williams for Troy Franklin. Um, maybe throwing some ancillary pieces there. That's something I would do in a heartbeat. Um, my unknown is Dallin Hayden running back at Ohio State. Um, pr- the running back three at Ohio State, but undoubtedly a good running back, right? He came in when both Mayan Williams and Travion Henderson got hurt, and he showed out for a couple games. Uh, he's a big back. There were rumors of him entering the portal. I don't know if that would be a good thing or a bad thing, right? Like, is it better for him to wait his time at Ohio State or go and be, like, the starting running back at Tennessee? I don't know what would be better for his stock. So um, it's going to be interesting to see if he decides to stay. Uh, and I don't know what to do with him regardless there. Uh, well, that is – oh, wait, Nelly or Shane, you got to go, right? Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll go quick. Uh, I'm in shambles. Bu- Romeo Dubs got another catch, and I just lost in a fantasy game. Yeah, I, and uh, yeah, we're recording this Monday night. I need one more catch from Christian Watson to win. <laughs> what am I? So uh, I'm there. Um, my buy is uh, buy some dead second-year players for, like, cheap. Buy, buy Zemir White. Buy John Mechie. Buy Jalen Tolbert. You know, I think at the very least, value will stay consistent. They're all super cheap. By David Bell, you know, next year, some of these players, oh, they didn't, Cowboys didn't draft a receiver, um, you know, or the, the Raiders, they didn't, they didn't draft a running back. And now Zamir White may, might look like he has an opportunity. You can have a sell opportunity later. Um, my sell, my, my sell is George Pickens. I, you know, I, I like him. I think he's super talented. I feel like we, we've had him as a sell. Nelly's had him as a sell before. I, I just, I, I just don't know. I don't know if he is an elite fantasy receiver. Um, I don't think he's going to do a ton after the catch or uh, be, you know, the next Stefan Diggs, right? Like, so I, I'd look to maybe re-roll, trade him for a late first, draft another receiver, um, you know, whatever, uh, you know, would be, I think would be positive. So that's that. And my unknown stocks, Jahan Dotson came back from injury, had a big game, um, touchdown over hundred yards receiving. He's been, he scored a bunch of touchdowns when he's played. Got to be a big part of Washington, but I, I, same thing with kind of like with Pickens, very different. I don't know if John Dotson's ever an elite fantasy receiver though. So um, that's, that's my question. I don't know if I should buy or if I should sell. 
Uh, well, Shane, it looks like uh, Christian Watson just got the eight-yard catch. It's it's gonna be like super close. That that okay. should be it. it. Should be enough, but it's gonna be really close. Okay. Uh, well, let's watch the rest of this game. Uh, just want to say thanks so much for listening, and thanks for choosing the Devi Marketplace to spend some time with us, talk about Devi players, talk about uh, Dynasty players. So thanks so much for that, and just remember, we appreciate every single one of you.